When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show. It's Fitzdez Edge Rush and FFS tag teaming at you once again. Week 17 coming firmly into view. Me and Propo in our respective hot seats, picking through some of the big games to get you set for the weekend's action. We're going to lead off with the Russell Wilson and Denver news. How about them apples? So lot of football chat coming away. An hour and change. All the good stuff coming your way. Before we get into all of that, though, a quick public service announcement and I guess me asking a favor from you to support us over on YouTube. The NC show is over on YouTube. We launched it slightly earlier on in the season. We've got lots and lots of video from the show that we're cutting up and putting out there. We're going to start releasing lots more bonus video. We've got lots of big plans for it, frankly, gang, and we need your support to help build it. So head on over to YouTube to search the NC show. The Lacoom Show, you should find it, should find it there. If not, you can hit the show notes, see the link in the show notes. The propos put a link directly to it. Go subscribe to it, support our videos and our content on there. We would massively appreciate that. All right, let's get straight down to business. It's me, it's Propo. It is week 17. Let's do it. Propo, great to be back, man. Season's greetings to you. Great to have you back, Matt. Great to have you back. Good Christmas. Everything go okay? It went well. I was saying to I Mike, we had a lot of uh, Louis Armstrong Christmas in Harlem on Christmas Day. The over-under was 25. We comfortably beat that. You'd be happy happy to hear some National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. All the classics were were rolled out in the Coombs household over Christmas. Yeah, so we did all the classics. So we started with, and you're going to be impressed by this. So on Christmas mm-hmm. Eve, we had a sort of film marathon. We started with mm-hmm. it's, it's a Wonderful Life. Nice. Good start. Solid. Absolute classic. And obviously, I'm, yeah, it's black and white. So... You know it, I mean? Double points for it, you, proper. That's yeah, what I'm that's saying. I, I felt like that was just a natural reaction to me watching a film that's literally from like 1947. That's even before you were born, no? A film, it is, believe it or not, it is. Uh, a film made before 2017, proper. That's definite double points for you. Yeah, no, and then it says, and then we went to watch, uh, then we watched Deck the Halls, which has. Hulk Hogan? Uh, no, Danny DeVito. <laughs> Danny DeVito <laughs> and the guy from First Beauty's Day Off, who I've forgotten his name of. Oh, Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick, in, which was okay. It was solid. But then I feel like we had to get really Christmassy. I feel like we hadn't got quite Christmassy enough with It's a Wonderful Life or mm-hmm. Deck the Halls. So uh, me and my mum sat down and watched Apocalypse Now. <laughs> that is amazing. I, uh, we, as a family, we went to see The Homecoming. Harold Pinter's The Homecoming on the 23rd. I mean, that was, I mean, it doesn't get more Christmassy than that. <laughs> yeah. um, and it was uh, eerily uh, 
uh, eerily predictive of what happened on <laughs> Christmas Day in our house as well. Oh, that is good work, Propo. Now, listen, uh, straight off the bat, because obviously you and I haven't done a show for a little while. Uh, since we've last done a show, of course, we've been nominated for the Sports Podcast Award. And there's a voting mechanic, I understand now. So now we're shortlisted for Best NFL Show. And many thanks to uh, the organizer for, for giving us the nod for the third year in a row. But you can vote, right? There's a voting mechanic. How does it work? Is it voting takes it all? Is it a bit like the all-star vote? Like what? And more I think voting takes it all. Takes it all. So have you started any kind of concerted attempt to rig the vote proper? Uh, we've been speaking to ChatGPT, but we obviously don't want to announce that we're trying to rig the vote on the podcast because I think that's probably ah. a little bit, yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. giving well, it away slightly, so yeah, let's just keep this. Not that we'd ever do. I was just curious no. as to whether you'd explored if that would be even be a problem. <laughs> okay, I gotcha. It's been explored. Be it's been explored. It's been it's been discussed. <laughs> well, I think if we are doing it with ChatGPT's help, probably you and Ben should be dealing with ChatGPT, not me, because still, still getting the cold shoulder from ChatGPT. I don't know why, but that's going to be maybe problematic today for the show because, of course, it is Fitzdares Edge Rush. We are going to be giving you our favorite picks for Week 17 as well as getting into our daily fantasy team of the week uh, on FFS, second part of the show. Both sides of the show today without Ben. We're not going to have Ben in the house. Ben typically, and shout out to Ben, he um, uh, he has got a bit carried away with the festive with the festivities right so uh, i think that's why he's not he's not around today but we love you better he'll be back next week so just me and you kiddo and uh and chat gpt of course chat gpt yeah so of course you're you gonna chat to chat gpt or am i well, i will gonna... i will chat to chat gpt for the sake of the show because we know how long it takes for you to get anything out of him uh ben is actually going with the official line that he feels too humiliated that he actually lost a pick for once because his drew lock didn't come in and that's why he isn't coming on the show that's his official line I can imagine, yeah, he was raging Real about it in the loser. WhatsApp group. Real bad loser. It, it doesn't want to be, be on the show, but I think he's like that player that they were talking about one of the Eagles. I can't remember which one in uh, in the games this week who took the Super Bowl defeat badly and basically went ultra training from the day the kind of the day after the Super Bowl all the way through to the season. I think that's Ben when he loses a Drew Lock. I think he's just going to be eighteen hours, like old school propo with lots of Xerox paper. And old school data just pouring through 15 screens in his room, all of that jazz. He said to me uh, last week on the on the podcast, he was like, just so, just so, like just as a question, Ben, is it uh, Ollie? Is it does is it always this easy to pick oh. games? Do you know what I mean? He was telling me like, how easy is it to kind of keep these hot streaks going? Oh, basically. and I was like, well, knows. yeah, if it was that easy, then obviously I wouldn't be sitting here. Do you know what I mean? Trying to <laughs> scrape past 500. So it's clearly not that easy. But it's just the naivety of Ben's uh, rookie first era season. For ben, yeah, yeah. His rookie season. So that defeat for Ben in the Drew Lock puts him to what now? Still pretty impressive record. Well, he's decided to add his uh, college games to his lock record. I know. I yeah, I know. You allowed this on. I know. Well, it's just because he kind of just did it out of nowhere. I don't really understand how. So he, I think he is 11-3-1 because he's had a push. Oh, God. Okay, that's pretty impressive. Um, ChatGPT, how did ChatGPT get on? ChatGPT lost... ChatGPT <laughs> is actually in free fall right now. It's, yeah. I think it's lost like three Until... or four in a row. <laughs> okay. uh, back the Cowboys to beat the Dolphins last week. Ah, what are they? Uh, yeah, the Cowboys uh, obviously didn't even cover the spread. Uh, so, but I am the only person on a bit of a streak right now. Five in a row, uh, Drew Locks I've hit. Look at you. You and I've, the Buffalo Bills are picking. Uh, yeah, literally I am. I've gone from four and seven to nine and seven. 
That is impressive, mate. I didn't never doubted you. I knew you'd get it back. And I love the fact you had that. I mean, it's that we need to do a version of America's game for, for you and your picks, Rumbo. I think all <laughs> the way. And you've just gone through that phase early on when you see it often in America's game. Just things weren't clicking. We were questioning ourselves. The coach got us together. All, yeah. of that, all of that stuff needs to come in with your early season tilt. Um, and it all came, it's all coming good, proper. Well, that's impressive, mate. Well done. Uh, remind me what was because obviously I wasn't on the show last week. What was, your was impressive, mate. Well done is my most like <laughs> patronizing. <laughs> no one actually cares. Well done, all. Well, well, done, mate. well done. It's only part of your kids when they kind of bring you a really bad came, drawing. That came from my heart, <laughs> mate. What was your luck last week? Uh, the over in the Steelers Bengals game. Oh, yeah, nice, nice. I was on yeah. that as well. Very nice. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. Um, I, similarly to Ben and ChatGPT, didn't have a winning week. Uh, I thought it was in the bag. I obviously had the bills to cover, which was started badly, then looked by half time. Okay, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're cruising they're now. Cruising now. I thought I felt comfortably that was going to come in, but no, no dice for me. So where does that leave us all in the race? We know your record being on this run is uh, is solid. ChatGPT's on tilt, so he ChatGPT must be in. Oh yeah, ChatGPT is like I think ChatGPT because it started midway through the season is about four and seven at this moment in time, so it's not looking good for ChatGPT. You have gone full Jeff Fisher. You are eight and eight. Oh, textbook! I knew it after the start of the season. What have we said on um, on Coco and Pebbles taking over? If I go under five hundred, is that right? Or no, 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 no. This we have faith in you this season. Yeah, we have faith in you this season. Okay, if we it really if we were going to replace you. Been last season because last yeah. season was embarrassing. So yeah, <laughs> well, hey, I I picked it up the end towards the end of last season. Anyway, I need a bit more of that going into the playoffs this year. That bit like bit like Texas Hold'em propo when it's just straight up one on one. When it when it the table gets whittled down, it's just the one on one. That's when that's when I bring out the big <laughs> the big guns, and that's what I'm going to be doing in the playoffs. Don't you worry about that. All right, so we've got a number of games we're going to look at today. Ben is uh, dropping in. With his Drew Lock of the Week. So we're going to hear from Ben in a bit. I'm going to be picking the show uh, team on uh, on DraftKings, our daily fantasy team. Incidentally, that is still rolling strong. Our friends at USA Sports have got their competition up and running. Still places. We're recording this on Thursday morning. It's Thursday, right? Christmas always kind of mixes it up. I think it's Thursday. Um, still places in the free-to-enter USA Sports merch competition and in the DraftKings free-to-enter league as well, places as well. So just hit the links that uh, Propo will put in the show notes and you'll be taken straight to the league. If you haven't got a DraftKings account, you can sign up. All that good stuff. But uh, for the majority of the show, we're concentrating on our picks for Week 17. Courtesy of our friends at Fitstairs, of course. Fitstairs, Propo's favourite bookmaker in the whole world. Well, Obviously, because they sponsor and support mm-hmm. the show, we massively appreciate that. But also because they're they're gentlemen and scholars, frankly, at, at Fitstairs. If you have a prop bet that isn't listed, you just phone them up, talk to them on live chat, and they'll sort it out for you. So, propos, Phil, I'm sure you filled your boots this Christmas, to be honest, propo, with our friends at Fitstairs. Any any support, fiscal support that we get from Fitstairs. Uh, throughout the course of the season, just goes back to them. <laughs> but again, it's, it's smart business from them, I think. Yeah. Um, so we're loving their work as well. Right. Why don't we start? Oh, oh go on. We've got to start with Russ, no? You read my mind. Why don't we start with the big news the last 24 hours? That, what, is it a surprise? No. I, I, I guess it, I think it is a little bit. Do you? I think with, you look at Wilson at, Seventh, I think, in terms of quarterback rank, rate, rating in, in the NFL right now, I felt mm. that he'd turned a corner. 
But look, in case you've been living under a rock, and hey, quite possibly during Christmas, you might have missed the news or not quite sure exactly what's gone on. Wilson's being cut, basically. So he's being benched for the final two games of the Broncos season to enable the Broncos to sidestep various financial clauses in the contract. And then they're going to cut him uh, March, early March, as the report suggests, which again is all indexed to this complicated contract, or certainly complicated, but contract that he has where different amounts trigger uh, as certain dates are passed. Um, so they're moving on from him. We'll talk about the legacy uh, of the deal and the trade, which which clearly is going to go down as one of the worst in history in a mobile. Yeah, just stick with the surprise element for a minute. I I felt that they I, I felt that they turned a corner. Uh, you know, I, I the fact that they were in contention for much of the season, his play has been much better. I'm I'm kind of surprised they've that Peyton, Peyton's done this. What do you make of Peyton's comments? Do you think Peyton has been told this is the way we're going, deal with it? Or do you think Peyton was instrumental in it? What do you reckon? I think Peyton's been instrumental in it. I think you've heard him be quoted sort of several times in um, press conferences this season being like, I don't really know what I need to do. Do I need to simplify the offense? I think this simply just comes down to the fact that he doesn't think Russell can execute his offense. And it's all about his game plan. It's all about his strategy. And I think he came into the Denver, Sean Payton, thinking that Russell was going to be able to execute it and he was going to be the right quarterback for him. Because I don't think Payton, when he had a choice of places to go to, would have chosen Denver if he didn't think Russ was the right person to carry through this offense. But I think basically what he's realized is this season's gone on. You've seen him get visibly frustrated with Russ on the sideline several times throughout this season. I think the problem with Russ is he is not following the game plan that Sean Payton has implemented specifically that strategy and specifically the plays that he wants. He's there being like, the play is there. Why aren't you throwing the ball to exactly where I've told you to throw the ball? He is not going through his reads in the same way that Payton wants him to. And I think that's why this decision has ultimately come. I think, as you said, he's like six in QBR, but that all comes down from that really good middle part of the season where they went 5-0. and But then obviously last week, he was essentially at fault for the majority of why they lost the New England Patriots in that early part of the season where I thought they were really poor. I just think that when you're paying a quarterback this amount of money, you just can't be sort of taking for below average. And I think that's what Sean Payton views him as. He had actually, they went out and paid Jared Stidham all this money for a two-year mm. contract, which were, again kind of surprised everyone in the, in the first place being like, why if you've got Russ, are you paying this much to a backup? But it's probably because I think Sh Sean Payton realised really relatively early on he was like, okay, this guy mm. might not be the right guy to carry through what I want to do here. And a quarterback like Jared Stidham, who's just going to be a game manager, who will just go through his reads and follow exactly what I expect, uh, follow exactly what I want from this offense, is actually going to be more useful to me than someone like Russell Wilson, who, yes, will be able to create some magic at certain points. But when it comes to just going through his reads and kind of throwing over the middle of the field, which he just can't do it seemingly, that's going to be the issue. So I think that I think Sean Payton has probably been the one who's made this call. The architect of it. Okay, so many, so many follow-up questions with this and talking points. Firstly, someone made the point. This is maybe the most important point of all, I think, Propo. Someone made the point that Stidham was the backup in Vegas when they decided to bench car and move, basically we're moving on from car now. Yeah. So wherever Stidham lands next season, whoever's the starting quarterback, you should be shitting yourself because it is clearly he's the Grim Reaper. Uh 
You know, so, we're actually going to bring him in as the second host of the Nat Coombe show, is what we're doing. <laughs> just in case, yeah. if you have another week off, we're just going to be like, him, we need yeah. to instead him to come in and kind of carry the load for a bit. <laughs> I love it. So next, because some week three of next season, guys, I can't actually do the Monday show with my. Oh, don't worry, J- Jarrett Stidham's going to come. <laughs> yeah. for you. I know my days are my days are numbered. Um, okay, so with with Wilson, first of all, does he get another starting gig? So I don't think he should do, but I think because of how poor the quarterbacking in the NFL is right now, I think he probably does. He's just, and also he's going to get that guaranteed 30 million from the Broncos next year anyway. So realistically, they probably don't, he just can go and get a league minimum somewhere. And I think if he does that, then he's going to get a starting gig. I think realistically, Pittsburgh, New England, Raiders. New England. I mean, all of those are interesting. I guess the Raiders, obviously, it's, well, actually, both the Raiders and New England, it depends, obviously, what's happening in the coaching situation to to, to a significant degree, right? But, mm. yeah, I mean, all those three are interesting. Tennessee as well, do you think? Tennessee's that, the other one, I think, yeah. Yeah, I could see the Titans. It's a great point you make on if he's prepared to cut a deal, which I guess he will, right? Because he's getting paid. He's going to need, he's the kind of character as well, right, that would take a shortened deal to prove himself he's going to be what's wilson feeling right now do you think wilson after all that went down in seattle one of the biggest trades in the history of the nfl let alone let alone the last 20 years right which is unequivocally a disaster if you weigh up what they paid what they got back so his stock has fallen so dramatically from super bowl winning one of the better quarterbacks of his generation a top 10 quarterback of his generation to a a mess he's not going to want to go out like that is he wilson so i i think he's going to be motivated if you were a gm propo and you didn't have a quarterback solution would you go in for russell wilson would you feel confident enough that he could he's still got something left in the tank i think i'm confident enough that i think what he could do is better than what bailey zappi or mac jones can do Right. I think what he can do is better than what Kenny Pickett can do, what Mason Rudolph can do, what Mitch Trubisky can do. And I think he's certainly better than what Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke can do, yep. as much as we love Taylor Heineke on this show. So those are just three quarterback rooms immediately there that I think that Russell Wilson would walk in and be... What about back to Seattle? Back to Seattle? No, I think Gino <laughs> Smith. Gino Smith has definitely actually been proven to have been more impressive than Russell Wilson. And obviously, as being the biggest Drew Locke fans out there, maybe we could even say that Drew Locke's been more impressive. Oh, definitely, but 100%. Tennessee Titans as well. Will Levis, I'm kind of mm. like, I want to see more of Will Levis in the NFL just because of how outrageous those runs are and how kamikaze he is. So I kind of yeah. want to see a bit more. Loving Will, Will Levis. Levis. I, believe yeah. in Will, I believe in Will Levis in, as, a, as we famously and repeatedly congratulate ourselves of us calling CJ Stroud a bona fide yeah. starter before anybody else. I think in terms of the eye test, I think Levis has it. Not that necessarily, probably at that level, but I can see I can see Levis sticking around for a while as a starter in this league. I definitely think he's got he's got a bit of moxie. He I does like. need to stop running head first into like linebackers, though. Do you know what I mean? Nah. Like that is that's <laughs> <laughs> two three years and then out. Yeah. Uh, that's what I reckon, Levis. Okay, so that is the huge news, of course, and it means that uh, well. Statistically, the Broncos, after their back-to-back defeats, had, um, had pretty much fallen out of the reckoning anyway, but it means almost certainly now that they're not going to be a, a playoff side. And it means that there will be a lot of discussion about where they go next at quarterback, of course, and are they going to make some moves in the draft and, and move on up to get one of these big, big names coming out in the 24 draft, or are they going to go into free agency? 
I was just going to say one more thing before we get into picking the games. Mm. Um, I'm fed up with the MVP award. I'm fed up with it. Just because why? Last week we were discussing it and we were just like, oh, Christian McCaffrey deserves it. Brock Purdy was the odds-on favourite. Yeah. Brock Purdy then plays in probably the most decorated game of the season. Yeah. Shits the bed, so to speak, and plays a bad (laughs) game. But although I think there was many extraneous factors coming into that. Yeah. And now Lamar Jackson is the heavy favourite. It's just based on, the award is based on who is the best quarterback playing for the best team at the end of the season. It's not based across the whole season. I think that's this year particularly, though. I think it's because of the absence of a game-changing season from one individual player. Well, yeah. I guess McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill apologists would argue with that, but you know what I mean. That without a, 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 an exceptional quarterback season, that that's why it's it's flip flopping so ridiculously. I'm with you completely. It's nonsense that it's one game backwards and forwards on the coach of the year. So it's I'm just looking at the. Oh, have you seen the looks at the odds recently? The coach of the year? No, I haven't. Vegas inside doesn't let me down. So Campbell's the favorite. Yeah, D'Amico Ryans and Steichen, all they're mm-hmm. all pretty much at the same level. Then there's a bit of a drop to McDaniel and then Shanahan. And then, you know, the rest bar, right? So Zach Taylor, you could have, <laughs> have some have some action on Zach Taylor. Yeah, so it looks like a three-way shootout. Well, I suppose you could argue a five-way shootout between Campbell, Ryan, Steichen, McDaniel and Shanahan with, with Campbell, the narrow favorite. Yeah, I think Campbell, obviously, now they've sealed the division. I think from a historical perspective, considering the last time Detroit Lions made it was however so long ago that in terms of winning the division, I think he probably does deserve it. I do. I have been really impressed with what Mike McDaniel's done this season, as has Carl mm-hmm. Shanahan. Like, Carl Shanahan, obviously, probably would be the favourite if it wasn't kind of, if it was the MVP award and it was done in the same way, where it was just basically the best coach and the best team wins. But D'Amico Ryans, I think if the Houston Texans make the playoffs, you would argue has to win it. And similar to yeah. Shane Steichen, just because of the situations that they took over, yeah. which were complete and utter car crashes last season and being able to get them even in contention for the playoffs. And I think that Houston would be favourites for the playoffs if CJ Stroud had played in recent weeks. That is just kind of remarkable. But yeah, the MVP award has just annoyed me and frustrated me because obviously Brock Puddy was just an absolute dead set last week and then he just plays one bad game. And now Lamar Jackson is dead set. But then if Lamar Jackson goes and drops an egg against the Dolphins this week, yeah. which could easily happen. It's possible. Yeah. Then that's going to completely... Then who is it again? Does it go back to McCaffrey or does it go back to Purdy because they beat the Washington Commanders? The whole thing is, I think, is just a bit of a mess and it doesn't really... See, it seems to have lost its legitimacy, the award this season specifically, because I think that it should just be Tyreek Hill or Chris McCaffrey, personally. I think if you're going to get two skilled pl- position players performing yeah. the way they are, they deserve it. So, yeah, I mean, God, Jackson is a heavy favourite, but you're right that... Uh, how is two of the third favorite, by the way? <laughs> because what? two will be the third. Do you know why that is? Because if they beat them this weekend, mm. then two is going to become favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if he has a good game, they're the number one seed. Yeah, I get it. Purdy, then Allen. Yeah, so I mean, Hill. Josh Allen, by the way, if the Ravens, because that's the other thing, if if Baltimore lose this week yeah, and the Bills go and crush the Patriots, Josh Allen's probably going to become like the second favourite because if they make the playoffs, it's hard to take that award away from Josh Allen after what he's done so far this season. Can we talk, can we talk Bills for a minute? It's not one of the games I wanted to, I wanted to pick. I don't know if you wanted to talk about that or not, but we've, we've talked for a few weeks now on the show, me and you in particular, about the route to the playoffs for the Bills and the fact mm-hmm. that if they get there, they have to take some big scalps down. They have to find their mojo to a degree 
And they will definitely have this locker room, bulletin board, vibe of everybody wrote us off. Everybody said we were done. Here we are. This this narrative is playing out proper as, as we thought it could, mm. right? They are going to probably, it's the work to do, but probably be in the playoffs as one of the teams that no one really wants to play. I might on the review show said the Browns yeah. and the Bills out of the, the lower seeds. Two teams no one, no one really fancies, right? I, it's really, really interesting this whole Bills season, and I wonder just how just how far they can go. Where are you now on our narrative of ninety percent of the NFL world saying the Bills, ah, oh, their season's done, they they're done, they're gone, move on to next season. Suddenly finding themselves now with chips at the table. W- what are you thinking? How well, I thought last go? week was going to be their slip up. I thought last week was going to be in terms of when I was watching that game play out. I was like, this could be, That's the, this is the moment where it's very tough to win this many games consecutively in the NFL for obvious reasons. And the, what the Buffalo Bills are doing now is remarkable, especially considering the run they've been on, beating teams like the Kansas City Chiefs on the way in Arrowhead. That was what I thought, okay, this could be their, this could be their banana skin. But the fact they managed to get through that, they managed to still win the game. They go, they're at home to New England this week, which should be relatively simple, straightforward to them. And then they go to Miami, which is a fascinating, fascinating matchup, especially if it's basically a play-in game for them. But then obviously the Dolphins could have it wrapped up if they go and win this weekend as well. So it might take away motivation for them. The whole thing is... How is that going to work So with, with the Finns? If they beat the Ravens, and obviously they'll go into th- the number one seed, I th- they have think, to win out, obviously. Yeah, I think it. they have to win out. Let's just have a look. It's 11 and four. If they beat the Ravens, actually, yeah, it will be, they will basically have to win to win the number one seed. So if they beat the Ravens, they leapfrog them and then they have to, yeah, yeah so that, that game to be massive. And Baltimore in week 18 have the Steelers, right? So yeah, that is, yeah, that is intriguing the AFC. Okay, so. I think the Bills. I think the Bills are going to be. They're that team who they're going to cause people problems. But you've got to go on the road, and every single game in the playoffs is going to be tough. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of going on the road, let's go to the first game on the week seventeen slate. I want to look at, which is the Lions Cowboys, because much to your point, Propo, uh, on the MVP discussion, same thing's kind of happening. Given the fact there's no real de facto number one team in the NFL or even in the conference, I guess you could argue that it's the 49ers and the Ravens, but we saw what happened with the 49ers that weekend and everybody's jumping off that bandwagon at least mm. a little bit, overreacting to, to that performance. And that's definitely happening with Dallas in particular, right? So just when Dallas gets some momentum and swagger, they lose the game. And let's face it, the Dolphins game was a coin flip, basically. Oh no, Dallas are vanilla. Dallas are, you know, they're flattered to deceive. But there's no doubt that they are very Jekyll and Hyde, much actually like the, the Dolphins are in terms of their uh, performance at home versus on the road. But Dallas, this is nuts. Listen to some of these numbers. So this is Dallas on the road versus Dallas at home. Dallas on the road have a minus six point differential on the road this season. Their point differential at home is 160 plus 165. Mm-hmm. They're averaging 39.9 at home, 21.3 on the road. They're 0-4 on the road against winning teams this season. So most teams, apart from some freakish teams that play better on the road, most teams are obviously better at home. And and statistically, there is that dichotomy in terms of numbers. But Dallas's are acute and ridiculously so. 
Yeah, so, I'm. I think I think I'd take Dallas here at home against the Lions. At home against yeah. the Lions, because uh, you, I think you were leaning towards Detroit Lions, no? Well, I'm just weighing up. Yeah, the Lions are plus six. Yeah, I'm weighing up the the total was initially what drew me in, but I think it's just being pushed up too high now, right? I think that's now last time I looked 53. It's up to 53. Oh, wow. Well, so, okay, and it opened at what 50, 51. 51. Oh, I opened mm. at 51. Okay. Um, yeah, 53 feel, feels a little bit too rich. The Lions plus six is is tempting. What's the pro Joe split on this? The pro Joe split, as you imagined, I think everyone would see this. And it's, to be fair, 55% of the tickets is on Dallas, but 81% of the money is on Dallas. So the majority mm-hmm. of the cash is all on uh, Dallas, which says that the wise guys are actually favouring the Cowboys in this matchup. But at the same time, it's not a huge pro-Joe split. I think the argument is exactly what you just made. This Dallas Cowboys team is completely different at home. Yes, the Detroit Lions still have the capability to go after the number one seed. But at the same time, like I still don't think they're necessarily, considering the emotion after taking the division, you saw Jared Goff obviously crying immediately after that game. I do think there's going to be a little bit of an emotional letdown spot for the Detroit Lions, whereas the Dallas Cowboys off the back of back-to-back losses will be looking for the exact opposite. And we know what they like to do at home, which is get out to fast starts. I don't think there's anyone in the secondary for Detroit who can stop uh, C.D. Lamb either. They struggle against tight ends, which isn't good for the matchup against Jake Ferguson. I think this offense for the Dallas Cowboys, the situation very much suits them going up against this Lions team. I'm not saying that if they met in the playoffs, a similar thing would happen. I think if it was in Detroit, it could be completely different. And I think these two teams are actually very well matched up when it comes to their offenses going up against the defenses. So I like the over. I would tend to like the over in this as well, to be honest with you, even at 53 and a half. I think I'll take it just because of how good these offenses are and how poor we've seen from their defenses in recent weeks, especially the Cowboys run defense. So I like this game to go over, but I also will take the Dallas Cowboys at minus six. I think it's going to be a high scoring game, but I think the Cowboys are going to be able to put up serious points in this one. You're muted. It's got very Coulson. <laughs> I just managed to mute, mute myself. <laughs> Accidentally. Unbelievable Coulson style. Yeah. Um, that was really weird. I don't know how that muted. <laughs> My hands were nowhere near the keyboard. I'm Coco and Pebbles, espionage. Um, I, how do we feel about the Cowboys Bucks in the wildcard round? Because it looks like it might be Cowboys Bucks, right? I mean, that is... Uh, with the Cowboys on the road. I mean, that is a dangerous spot for the Cowboys. It is a dangerous spot. I just think that I'm not, I'm not, as much as I love Baker Mayfield and I love this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, I wouldn't say I'm completely convinced that they're going to be one of those teams you don't want to meet in the playoffs just because of how bad their piece passing defense is though. One of the most Cowboys things ever, wouldn't it, this season? And they go out in the first round, just a hyped up, amped up Roman James. Mayfield, the headbutting everybody. I mean, I could sh- <laughs> that 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 Tampa defense, which we called early on, veteran heavyweights are not going to take kindly to your four win team flexing one more time just to take down the Cowboys. I can I can see it play out now. I can. See I mean, it what about a, a Tampa Bay uh, Cleveland Super Bowl Baker Mayfield revenge tour? <laughs> that would be awesome. What would be the craziest Super Bowl? combination now that might be it actually Tampa Bay Cleveland Tampa Bay Cleveland would be insane I think well I mean who could still make it who would be ridiculous I think you could probably still have could you still technically have the Steelers against the Packers 
You could still have okay, let's have a look. So you could have who's still I think technically you could still have the Broncos. They are still mathematically. Yeah, mathematically we could still have the Broncos. <laughs> there is according to okay. The playoff probability is currently seven percent, right? The Broncos. So uh and it jumps to a whopping twelve percent if they win this weekend, incidentally. So we could have oh no, we could have the Raiders. That could be crazy. So like the Raiders playing at home. Falcons. <laughs> the Bears have got a one percent chance of making the playoffs. I yeah, so we should have, yeah, the Bears. Imagine the Bears. They're actually looking really good recent weeks, to be fair. Yeah, Raiders, the Raiders. Raiders, Raiders, Raiders Bears would be one of the weirdest Super Bowls I reckon in history. If Raiders are playing at home against Chicago Bears. Oh my god, Antonio Pierce, we believe in you. All right, what, so what Super Bowl would you like to see at this moment in time? Is it just a Ravens 49ers rematch? I think Dolphins agenda aside. I think. Yeah, and uh, taking honestly taking uh you know taking personal bias out of it, I think it would be a Dolphins 49ers Super Bowl. Yeah, with the whole McDaniel Shanahan, the retro the you know the retro connection of the that 80s marino's first super bowl of course the montana marino super bowl um yeah i think it would be dolphins dolphins 49ers so the chiefs i would have probably said the chiefs up to a couple of weeks ago i still keep believing that the chiefs are going to somehow work it out in the playoffs but i think this weekend finally put a nail in that i think that okay that's that too many too much too much dysfunction now there the bills are intriguing i would i'd be pretty happy if the bills made it um again i want bills lions bills lions would be great i'd love yeah. that yeah 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 bills i mean after everything we've just said the lions would be brilliant just dan campbell during super bowl week would be, a big be so much fun so much I, fun. I love that. Yeah, who I'm not really in. Yeah, Eagles, Matt, Chiefs, Matt. Some fresh blood in there, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Maybe Dolphins, Lions would be a fun one. Yeah, uh, Dolphins, Lions as well. I, I like that. As you said, I want some fresh blood in there, I think. It's about time. We've seen too much of the Chiefs and don't there need is, the Eagles. Part of me is is the Cowboys in a Super Bowl would be pretty cool. Because I, I was too young to see that 90s team in terms of covering it. Obviously, I watched it Watched it as a, as a fan, but... Haven't obviously haven't covered the Cowboys in a Super Bowl because haven't made a Super Bowl in almost three decades. So uh, I quite like to see that. Well, Cowboys, that. Dolphins, or Cowboys, Bills would be a really cool Super yeah. Bowl. Actually, yeah. yeah, I think Cowboys or Lions from the NFC would be the team I, the teams I'd most like to see, and then probably Bills or Dolphins from the AFC. Two teams I'd like to see from the no bias perspective. Obviously, I'd love to see the Bengals there, but I don't think we're going to make it. And oh, we'll have big Texas, big Dallas money in Vegas for Super Bowl weekend if the Cowboys make it. Like leather tans power suits you know mm. just massive like three grand cigars that kind of that's what i want to see at the super bowl oh 100 100%, 100%. and obviously carlson will be there just matching them toe to toe won't he <laughs> God. he's just a comedian a chameleon in that environment he just would do the exact same thing oh i love it right uh, now speaking of the bucks we want to go to the buck saints game next because the slightly scary prospect gang of both propo and i when we were comparing notes and making sure we weren't going to pick the same Drew Locke live on the show, have landed on the same same Drew Locke. So Propo got in there first, and this is the gentleman's honour of this show, that um, uh, this is the Propo pick, but both of us love this pick. So make of that what you what you will. It could be something to uh, steer clear of, or you might feel validated with it. But it's the over in the Saints-Bucks game that, that we liked, uh, both like. Uh, and the line right now is 42. Line is 42. It was at 41 yesterday. I took it at 41. Happy to take it as my Drew Lock at 42 and a half. Again, this is going against everything I believe in. I did the same thing last week, and it but it did pay off. It's going a December divisional matchup. 
going over the total is just so against what I'm I've sort of live and breathe by when it comes to yeah. NFL gambling. But really it has flipped the other way. I think numbers are simply too low now because of how highly the under rate was hitting earlier point in the season. 42 and a half is the total. Bucks last three games, they put up 30, 34, and 29 points, with the Saints scoring 22, 24, and 28 points in their last three. No one actually has a worse passing defense in terms of yards conceded than the Bucks, and it gets even worse over their last three games. 289 yards on average allowed in the air by Tampa. And yes, we know that Derek R hasn't had a good season, but at least he can exploit the secondary with the likes of Chris Olave and Raheed Shahid, who had big games last week going up against the Rams on Thursday night football. On the other side, the Saints simply can't the run this season. Rashad White should have a big game and I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to be able to exploit that weakness. Either way, me and Nat both said it. This number is just too low considering these franchises form coming into it. I think it's just the total has been put there because it's the Bucs Saints. Saints hit the under record. I think they nearly broke the record or tied the record for the most unders hit in a row I think it was something like 11 or 12 and since that point the mean has really reversed they are now an over team and it has flipped their defense is nowhere near as good as it was that is largely due to injuries but also just because of personnel and some of the teams they're kind of going up against this team is not coached well I expect there to be points I expect Baker to have a good game going up against this secondary and with his run game and I like Derek Carter to exploit this Tampa Bay secondary as well with Chris Olave having a big game yeah, well said, Propo. I mean, I agree and concur with all of that. And just on the point of that Saints under streak, I was looking into both teams, how many games this season have gone uh, over 42, right? The Saints, yeah. because of that, only five of 15 have gone over 42. The Bucks five, eight and two. So two two games at 42. Uh, and as Propo said, he got it, got it uh, on the 41, 41 and a half. But if you're thinking about this, playing this at 42, 42 and a half, uh, two games tied five and eight, right? The, the Bucks. So that's obviously why one of the reasons why the, why the line has been set that they've been in lower scoring games. They're amongst the, the protagonists of uh, teams that are, are in that mix. But as as you say, the Saints defense very different now to where it was earlier in the season. And even the Baker Mayfield freight train that we love. Uh, and of course, I'm not allowed to back Baker Mayfield directly or back the Bucks directly. Um, that is one of the edge rush commandments, of course. But uh if you look at the the run he's been on is brilliant and he's piled himself into a brand new contract for sure in Tampa Bay. And that's great. And we love it. And we love the whole energy he brings, but he has had in the last three games and the tear that they've been on eight touchdowns and no interceptions. That's going to change. That's going to yeah. change. Baker will be throwing picks in this game yeah. and car car throws picks. We know that you get that with him as well. So I think it's decent field position turnovers will contribute to the jeopardy as well. Um, also, the other factor is earlier on in the season, when the game the Bucs won comfortably, Baker was on point in that game in particular, had a really, really strong game, 25 of 32, three touchdowns in the mix. So, uh, yeah, I, I just think 42 feels very, very low. The fact the Anders King of Plumpton is on the over as well fills me with confidence. So, you know what yeah. you just said, though? You just scared me. You're what thinking, do you mean? You're, I, I'm, you're really making me think that um, Baker's been playing too well recently and this is going to have to. The Come the Baker correction game. No, but that's this the thing. is going to be the Baker correction game, doesn't it? I, I am tempted to take the over, in a good way. Yeah. I think it will for the over. It will. I think he'll still sling three touchdowns, but he might throw two picks as well, or sort of fumble it, fumble it on the fourteen yard line. Some something Bakerish will happen. Um, I think if I this think was at three and a half, I'd definitely take the Saints just because. Um, what is it at the moment? Three. It's at two and a half. 
Two and a half. Okay. It's at two and a half. I'd definitely take it take the Saints because yeah, you just reminded me that this is Baker Mayfield and he has been playing way too well recently for him to uh, continue this form. Yeah. You don't just turn into like a seemingly like sort of like a seamless fluid quarterback overnight. There's always gonna it's always gonna creep back in. He's gonna have those thoughts. He's gonna start jarring a little bit. You know what? I, I'll go on to the other game I wanted to get into. Um, I just wanted to come back to the Lions game because I'm, I'm flip flopping a bit. I think you've talked me out of taking the Lions with the points. Uh, maybe I talked myself out with the with the emphasis on the, how good Dallas are at home. But uh, Jameson Williams it was just a player that I wanted to key in on because he has had nine catches in the last two games, mm-hmm. and that is after not getting re- recording more than two catches in a game throughout the previous night. Now, obviously, you know, we had, he had a stalled start to the season, but he's starting to really heat up now. And I, it's something we thought might happen. It's something that we had looked at with this Detroit side. It's playing well anyway, offensively, but you add a first rounder that could really go off. I just such an intriguing side. We'll get Mary Larwood on the show, uh, back on the show soon, of course, a super Lions fan. And uh, all pro member of the NC Show crew will have uh, have a playoff appearance maybe uh, from uh, Marrick as the the Lions get ready for the postseason. Terrific that they've managed to do that. Loving their work. Loving Dan Campbell. When you think about, and Mike and I talked about this on the show, or didn't we, on uh, wherever we put it, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week, the the absolute patronizing vitriol for the Dan Campbell appointment. <laughs> I know. <laughs> who's, who's laughing now? Dan Campbell. It's the same as Nick Sirianni. It's exactly yeah, right. Nick right. Sirianni's first press conference was a complete and utter joke. Yeah, Everyone yeah. wrote the Eagles off pretty much immediately. Dan Campbell, the exact same thing about buying people's kneecaps. And now he's gone on to obviously potentially be the number one seed going into the season and win coach of the year. It's, it's remarkable that you really, really can't judge a book by its cover in this league. That's for sure. Big time. Um, speaking of coach of the year, Brian Dable, of course, was the coach of the year last season with his incredible work with the Giants. Has been a lot harder this time around. Um, but we've enjoyed the whole Tommy DeVito era, of course. Uh, that seems to, well, that is at an end now, right? Tommy DeVito has officially been benched. Tyrod Taylor will get the start against the Rams. Has that affected the line at all, that news? Uh, hasn't affected the line. This one's actually been, so this one was laid at six. So the Rams were laying six going to New York. Money came in heavy on the New York Giants. A lot of sharp money started coming in. That got down to four and a half. As soon as it got down to four and a half, it corrected itself a bit. It's back now out to five and a half. Looking at the Projo split now, it very much is. Tickets on LA, obviously going to have a lot of public money. I think they've covered five in a row. They're that team that everyone now is labelling, the team you don't want to meet in the playoffs. They're, they're that official <laughs> team now. Yeah, because their offence is rolling. Kyron Williams is become an absolute stud. And when there's when Sean McVeigh has a good run game, that's when his team seem to have sex. sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. McVeigh's a hell of a coach, but <laughs> Yeah, they're really craving that run game. That's an easy yeah. success. And obviously Puka Nakua, I mean you can't praise him enough for what he's been able to do in his rookie season alongside Cooper Cup. This Rams team is rolling, but I think mm. people are just the pros are essentially just taking advantage of this is as inflated as this number is going to be. People are all people are low on the Giants and people are as high on the Rams as they're going to be after their recent successes. Yeah, this is a top seven offensive DVOA team, the Rams. And I don't think that can be understated. It is an incredible achievement from McVeigh. And when we go back full circle to the coach of the year discussion, the fact he's way off the pace in terms of the odds is bonkers i mean i'm not saying he should win it but he should be much mm. closer i think to the to the serious contenders in terms of the in terms of the vegas lines 
this is, I think, a really interesting spot. I'm interested in, in all the money and the sharps coming in because I, I saw it as high as six and a half in certain places. So did it, is that what you said? It opened at six and a half. No, open at six, got about six. six and a half, has been taken oh, down to five up. and a half. Gotcha. Got yeah. taken down to four and a half. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. Uh, the over-under's at 44 and a half, and all of the money is on the over. Yeah, that, that the over's really interesting as well, I think, particularly with, with Tyrod. I mean, the Tyrod fact is a dangerous play here. The fact, I mean, look, the Saints-Bucks was my, was my favourite pick. The Lions, I think I've talked myself out of now, but the Lions plus six, I might have a little tickle on. But I'm feeling very worried now about that Jekyll and Hyde Cowboys. So I think I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Rams here. I'm going to I'm going to give up the points. I'm going to back this offense to continue to roll. I think the Giants have had. I wrote about it a few weeks ago. The whole Devito um, cameo I think has probably saved Dayball's job in the sense that the and and I know it seems extreme to think Dayball might have got fired. It's straight a year after winning coach of the year. But if they'd gone to 215, I really think that it would have been a serious conversation. Chalked up a few wins. The vetoes provided a bit of color. The Giants fans have enjoyed that. They know this season's done anyway. I think he's he's there's a stay of execution for Dayball. I, I really like the Rams in this spot. So I'm going to take the Rams as my Drew Lock of the week. At, what are you giving me, Oz? So you're giving me five and a half? Five and a half. Fair play. Five and a half. But I would probably take it up to... I'd take it up to a touchdown of six and a half, I think I would. But five and a half, I will definitely lock it in. And I need to get back on the winning track. Otherwise, I'm going to go below 500 for the first time this season. So don't let me down, Sean McVay. Right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have Propos Prop Bets of the Week. We're going to have our Moneyline Acker. We're also going to have our Peter Mopale. And last, but by no means least, our Fantasy Team of the Week that you can follow suit and enter for free in the Nakum Show Listener League. That is all coming next here on Fitstairs Edge Rush. Welcome back to Fitzdale's Edge Rush. Right. You've heard Propos, Drew Lock of the Week. You've heard my Drew Lock of the Week. We will hear Chat GPT's. I want a bit squeaky then, dear. <laughs> Chat GPT. <laughs> By the way, all I think any time going forwards now, we talk about the team you don't want to meet in the playoffs. You have to do, we have to do that voice. <laughs> you did. Okay. That's okay, now, yeah. <laughs> the team you don't have to do it again. Go on. How did you do it? The team you don't want to meet in the playoffs. That's how we're going to do it. I love that idea. I think any, any NFL cliche, we should start to use that voice for as well. <laughs> um, the Vikings, how many one score games? The Vikings. <laughs> I love it. Um, right. We're going to get ChatGPT's Drew Lock of the Week in a minute. But first, let's get the hot hand of the show, frankly, the swagger, the swag king, Ben Isaacs. Let's hear it. Hey, gang. This is Ben. I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty devastated that the Eagles didn't cover against the Giants, but I'm sticking with the Ben Isaacs method, which is pick a really good team, to cover against a really bad team. And that means my Drew Lock of the Week is the 49ers to cover 12 and a half on the road against the Washington Commanders. The 49ers looked very, very mortal against the Baltimore Ravens, but there's a hell of a difference between the Baltimore Ravens and the Washington Commanders, even though they do share a state. I think this is going to be a great bounce back spot for the 49ers and Brock Purdy. And I feel pretty good about this one. There we go. Ben Isaac's Drew Lock of the Week. What do you think about that, Propo? Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, I mean, you always have to trust it when it comes to when it comes to Ben Isaacs. Although this is, I think the Ben Isaacs model is starting to fail a little bit because we had a lot of big favourites 
not cover last week. So you had the yeah. Bills. Uh, he obviously took the Eagles, the Chiefs. Mm. Maybe the Ben Isaacs model of just backing really good teams against really bad teams and taking the spread might starting to, there might be something to cracks to show within the Ben Isaacs model. If this mate of mine once said, oh, I've worked out, um, there's a, there's a, there's a glitch that I'm, I'm uh, circumventing with American horse racing. Basically, I've realized that if you back the favorite, it, you know, the percentage, the, the odds come in of like over 60 something percent. I was like, really? He goes, yeah, yeah, I'm making a fortune about three weeks later. How's that going for you? Ah, yeah, <laughs> not, not so well. So I think maybe Ben has stumbled on that thinking early doors. Yeah. He, his role is by backing the heavy favorite. So we're going to come crashing down around him. What are we going to give ChatGPT to, to pick? Well, the Vikings. We, I've given them Green Bay, Minnesota Vikings. All right. All so right. The Vikings <clears throat> are laying two points currently at home. This is mm-hmm. obviously a huge game with massive implications for the playoffs um, with both teams just on the outside looking in. Minnesota Vikings at home against Green Bay Packers. Over-unders at 46 and a half. We're seeing a lot of money coming in on the over in that game. Mm. People liking what they're seeing from Jordan Love and Nick Mullins. ChatGPT is backing the Minnesota Vikings to cover the spread at minus two against Green Bay Packers. That's a good game. That incidentally, of course, is in the wee small hours of New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. So... Well, whichever party you're at, or if you're chilling at home, that it'll definitely be on. Um, but it, it, particularly if you're at a ra- like a raucous party, maybe at a club, I want that game on. I want it on this on a screen mm-hmm. somewhere. I want you watching it. You can be necking shots while you're watching it, but I want that game on the screen. So I've got a New Year's. So basically, I've got a plan now for New Year's Eve and New Year's Day for mm-hmm. my. I've got. I think I'm going to be able to execute this because okay. we're not doing a show on New Year's Day with Mike. We're not doing a show on New Year's Day. That's correct. Yeah. So we're not doing a show on New Year's Day with Mike. I'm not working for TalkSport 2. I'm going to a house party in the evening of New Year's Eve, and I think I'll probably have to be there from about 7-ish because it's New Year's Eve and it's a little bit early. No one there who's going to this party, and I've scattered them all out, has any interest in the NFL. So it's going to be... So I don't know why I'm hanging out with them. I know that's what everyone's asking. Why are you hanging out with them? Sometimes you have to hang out. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. you have to talk about other things, you know, outside of Stoke City and the Cincinnati Bengals. You I know you're looking, I know you don't really, <laughs> but sometimes you do. Yeah. So no one's going to, so I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and avoid all of the scores. All yeah. Night. I'm going to tell you, I'm telling you now, everyone listening to the show works in that room, so don't message me. No, oh, I'm, I'm going to so message you. Don't message <laughs> me. Loads of WhatsApp messages. Don't message me. I'll then get all my bets out, get my fat, get my DraftKings team all in front of me, have it all saved. Yep. And then when I'm really hung over on New Year's Day, I'm going to watch all of the games. What but, a great idea. Just put Red Zone yeah. on. Yeah, that's a great shout. No, you don't even need to watch Red Zone. I can just watch game by game. I can just watch can all the games. Game by game. The, yeah, back on, on my game pass, I'm going to watch 40 minutes. And I'm just going to watch. I reckon, yeah, yeah. depending on what game it is. So, like, I think for like, so for Miami, Baltimore, I'm going to watch 40 or 40 minutes. minutes. Okay, yeah, yeah maybe for so. like Falcons, <laughs> Bears, I might just watch 10 minutes. Four but minutes. do you not think like is that not <laughs> sure. the best idea for New Year's Day you've ever heard of? I love it. I love it, and I think you can you can pull it off. We do that at home with um, we if it's like an overnight fight, like a Vegas fight, and USC, of course, is a big thing at home now with uh, uh with my youngest really getting into getting into his MMA and we'll just have to, it's the, the key obviously is avoiding social media and, and that window, the morning is kind of doable, right? Even, even for our generation, you can, you can self-control, just not go on anything for an hour, get brekkie ready and then bam, you're in. Yeah. It's going to be, I guess, doable for you. If no one at the party is into NFL um, and by the time you're getting home, you're going to be presumably knowing you propose shit face. So you'll just collapse at home, pass out mm-hmm. without kind of stumbling, turning on the TV or checking your phone. So yeah, I think it's, it's a very doable game plan. 
Uh, and I love it. And what a, there's nothing better than hungover or, or just tired, jaded, morning after the night before, um, sitting, whether it's binge watching movies, it's binge watching or I love it. And just, yeah, set yourself up. Just get your food sorted as well. Have a think about that. Are you going to deliver it up and just get, get up. yeah, stodge and burgers sent into you? Um, love it. I, um, I'm actually going to be on air early, early in the evening. I'm doing talk, talk, talk sport on New Year's Eve, the 49ers game, I think. But I'm getting out. Please don't bloody go to overtime. <laughs> Wait for it. Double overtime. I fucking guarantee it. Uh, I will be getting out and therefore getting getting back. We're, we're, we're having um having a little thing here. So I'll be getting back home. My fingers crossed by about 10. That's that's doable. That's when things are really warming up a bit, you know? Everything... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's when everything gets exciting. You might say so... catch up a little bit, which is always a little bit dangerous though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in my case, definitely. Hey, have you got any New Year's resolutions proper? Uh, win more bets. Win more, be better. Yeah, be better. Be better. Yeah, be better. Pun intended. Yeah. Um. Is that? Do you have a? You strike me as someone that would have a New Year's resolution list, but you're not. Mm, no. no. No, not particularly. No, I'm not particularly because I pretty much do. I mean, it would just be living more of my life essentially, which would just be like play more golf, play more football, yeah. doing more of what you love, do more what I love really, which is basically it. I, I don't really. I think probably just to become slightly more. Um, adulty. <laughs> is that a word? You I'll know, it's just it like you know. Well, this is gonna get. We're gonna get even more existential here. Like, yeah, twenty-seven to twenty-eight now. Like, oh, here we go. But twenty-eight is like officially late twenties. Oh you know? my god, Ollie, it's, stop it's, talking. It's, 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 <laughs> twenty-eight is officially stop. late twenties. And like that, yeah. you just starting to think about things a little bit more. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just constant, like ask about whether you're going to get married or all of that kind of stuff. All the serious in. questions start to come in. Yeah, here, I yeah. feel like that. I can't tell you. I reckon the the change in being 26 and 27 mm. was drastic in terms of like the conversations you have, the questions you get asked, and like people aren't just kind of talking about oh, like how's like your career going from like an earlier stage. Everything's about like now, like what's your life looking for the rest next 15 years. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. like every question I get now. So, so what's going to fill up the next 15 years of your life then what career wise, love wise, do you know what I mean? All of that kind of stuff. Like everyone's just constantly asking me about the future. Instead yeah. of just being like, oh, so yeah, what well, you've been up Living to, in know? the present. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, it the does feel like with that's sure. the age, like late twenties is when it, cause when did you get married? 27. Yeah, so yeah, pretty much you're where you're yeah. at now, yeah. Or engaged then, maybe married 20, 28, yeah. So I think that's yeah. kind of like the expectation now. So I think uh, I want to become more, I, I kind of want to ignore most of that because I think I'm just kind of enjoying my life the way it is. But I think there is, there's parts of maybe like I'll start doing my own tax return and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> what a rock and roll New Year's resolution. <laughs> I'm going to stop doing my own tax returns. That's number one on my list. I might start making like some investments, you know, that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, Look you know what? I think, uh, you know, I think the key to it, what do I know? But the key to it is just to, is to, yeah, not look too far ahead, not look too far behind <laughs> generally in life. Yeah. Right? And just kind of take, take steps at a time as opposed to kind of having here's my five-year plan um, yeah exactly i definitely don't want any of that i tell you what though i do think that um firstly e to even consider that time is ticking at the age of 27 28 you're ridiculous and anybody of my generation is out there in the gang will be just shaking their heads or propose gen zism <laughs> in full effect there but i think the, in terms of where i'm going to go with resolutions this is something that I kind of stumbled into and I know that a couple of mates of mine um went into it kind of 
lock stock and have been very good. Lewis Wilshire, um, who some of the NFL UK fans will know, of course, because he's been instrumental uh, for years as part of that. Used to be at BBC Sport. Um, is uh, a big, big uh, supporter of NFL and has worked a lot with um, Seven League, the firm he's CEO of now, and big sports digital crew. Um, Lewis talks about this a lot, and um, and others as well um, have gone on record and saying I don't they don't want really to be preachy about it, but this is my experience with it, right? And I kind of read this, stumbled into this without a, a particular game plan, but I did dry January last year and just thought, I'm going to keep on rolling. I'm going to keep on seeing how far I can go. Now, I didn't go the whole year. I haven't gone the whole year teetotal, but I've definitely gone a lot of the year teetotal. And it's something I just did not think would be possible. And I'm really not being preachy about it. But if there are people out there interested in do I want to cut back a bit? Do I want to control it a bit? Or do I just want to see what it's like? I was surprised about two things, really. How attainable it is. Like social situations. I'm out with my mates. I'm at the football. I'm hit much easier than I thought it would be. Mm. And just the just the quality of no or low alcohol booze. And beer, I'm a beer. I'm a simple man, as you know, Propo. Beer guy. It's just completely different now to where we were sort of four or five years ago, right? So that's something I think I'm going to try and double down on i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go 2024 i, I suspect he total or who knows but i'm gonna try I, I think i did worked out i did about 60 percent of the year 70 percent, something like That's that very good i'm gonna try and maybe just up that a little bit more and see and if you are thinking about it out there um just just roll the dice and kind of like what i just said a minute ago with all don't look too far ahead just do you know step by step i did a mudded january the february then suddenly march like and now you're rolling and from my, my age as well, as you know how much I love football, I've got to look after myself a bit more. And I've seen a massive difference in that. We've talked about this often, mm. right? But the difference in recovery, the difference just in in the level that I'm playing at is is really noticeable there. And so I'm not like, I'm not a spring chicken like you or shake off, shake it off and, and you know, uh, and bounce back into stuff easily. You start to feel it when you've got an extra 20 years on you. So yeah, I'm really... Um, I'm really glad that I did that this year, and I'm going to try and double down on that next year. Yeah, I think it's a good shout. I'm I'm purely just a bit binge drinker, by the way. I just don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't actually drink at all during the week. We're never. Not no, yeah. I never ever really have a beer <clears throat> when I'm sitting watching the football at night. I can't remember. I couldn't tell you the last time I drank at home. But like Christmas Day, for example, the build up to Christmas, like the Friday night, the Christmas parties and stuff. Yeah, I will. I will like. But I basically when I drink, I get really drunk. It's basically my mantra. <laughs> that I just, if I'm not going to get drunk. I don't see the point of drinking. I've just always what, been like that. What time were you drunk on Christmas Day? Oh, well, year? we had to. I didn't have my first drink until like two, which I thought was just ridiculous because we had such a slow start to the morning. See, what As you I get said to you, my Christmas is proper dysfunctional, though. It's a pretty <laughs> yeah. mental Christmas. I know. I want to hear more about this. Should we say that for a. <laughs> yeah, you never moment. really know what's going to happen at one of my Christmases. So, I yeah, that, so it could have been 8 a.m., but it was now 2 p.m. today. Um, all right, resolutions done. <laughs> tax tax returns from Propo. That's his resolution. Um, less drink less, drink less for Nat. Tax returns <laughs> yeah. Propo. It's quite yeah, a wild podcast, that's... isn't it? It's as wild as it gets. <laughs> we are rock and roll. The rock and roll kids of NFL UK. Hey, um, right. So ChatGPT's made his her their pick. So uh, we're all set in terms of our Drew Locks. Where should we go next? Propo's prop bets. Yeah, let's go to the prop bet. Uh, big win, obviously, the Christian McCaffrey one in the Christmas Day game. But apart from that, got a little bit unlucky last week. First one I'm going with, we're going back to that Dallas Cowboys-Detroit Lions game. This is really one of those 
prop central games because you want to make the most of it because I think there's going to be a lot of offense. I actually like Jamison Williams over 40 receiving yards. Nat's mm. already mentioned it with his upturn in form recently. So I like that over 40 and a half receiving yards. But I like CeeDee Lamb over seven and a half receptions. I think there's no one really on this Lions D that could stop CeeDee Lamb. And considering that he's going after Tyreek Hill's most receiving yards this season record, he's about 200 behind. I expect him to go off in this primetime game at home for the Dallas Cowboys. So I like Lamb in this spot. The next one, we've already spoken about them potentially falling off in terms of Super Bowl contenders, but I still like Rasheed Rice over 63 and a half receiving yards. He only got 57 last week, but that was off 12 targets and six receptions. So the rookie is clearly the number one target for Pat right now. Going up against a Bengals D that without Taylor Britt really struggles against the pass. I like this number for Rice. And finally, Wondell Robinson over 33 and a half receiving yards. We've mentioned that the Giants could get a little bit more going on offense with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. And this is good news for Robinson as he has seen 25% of the target share when Taylor is at quarterback. And this week he's going up against a Ram side that's allowed four of the last five quarterbacks to go over 250 passing yards. So Tyrod should have some success and I expect Robinson to go over this short number if he does. Lovely, jubbly. Propos prop bets of the week locked and loaded, which leaves two more bits of uh, Fitzdez Edge Rush business, and then we'll get on to our DraftKings team of the week. So, Peterman Parlay. Have we got a Peterman Parlay, first of all? The Peterman Parlay, obviously, we know we have to go ugly when it comes to the Peterman Parlay. So, I think what we do with this, and you can obviously take a couple of that and get rid yeah. of them if you don't like them. I think we go with the Miami Dolphins plus three and a half. Love that. As an underdog, I think getting three points going up against this Ravens team. Yes, the Dolphins weren't necessarily that impressive in, in that win against the Cowboys. But I think, as we said, everyone now is just accepting that the Ravens are the number one team for the Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson is by far and away MVP. That isn't always the case in this league. I don't think there is just a by far and away clear runner for it. So I think the Miami Dolphins getting over three points on the road against Baltimore is good. So we'll add that into the mix. The next one... You would expect Carolina Panthers going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Even if Trevor Lawrence does play, he's going to be banged up. So I mm. think that six and a half points is just simply too much. This Jacksonville yeah, like team, yeah, is not performing well in terms of defensively in the secondary. I think even if it's Bethard or even if it is Trevor Lawrence, I like the Panthers at plus six and a half. And then the last one. Think about the Raiders. Yeah, I don't mind the Raiders at plus three and a half. I know yeah. you're very hard on the Raiders. At this moment, I'm happy to go with the Raiders. Let's do that. Yeah, I think so. Even though they can't, you know, complete a pass. Who cares? Yeah. If they run the ball 90,000 times. Uh, so, yeah, yeah like, let's go Raiders plus three and a half. Dolphins plus three and a half. And Panthers plus six and a half. I suppose the other interesting one is the charge at three and a half against Denver. That so do you know what I think about that is? I think that um, the Denver Broncos team might actually be able to perform, if not slightly better, with Jared Stidham and Russell Wilson. I've just really? got a feeling that this is going to be the Sean Payton uh, flex game mm. where he's going to prove to everyone that Russ has been the issue this season and that he's mm. been a mastermind who's managed to achieve, overachieve with Russell Wilson at quarterback and look what he can do when he has Stidham. Yeah, I've yeah, got yeah. a feeling that it could be like that. So I'm quite tempted by the Denver Broncos in this spot. I actually also quite like the over at 37 and a half, which I don't think I'd ever think I'd say for an Eastern stick uh, Jared Stidham game but I think if, you, yeah. if you're looking at the charges against the Broncos and you're looking at these two teams not very strong defensively I know Denver have increased recently but look the way they lost to the Patriots in the week before that as well they even uh, considered that many points going up against the Lions in that spot so I think that the over could be the one here because he's in the stick again you're going to get short field both sides 
Eastern State charts didn't blow me. Uh, all right, Moneyline treble. Yeah. How do what we feel about the Eagles, Rams, and Chiefs? The Eagles, of course, hosting the Cardinals, the Rams we talked about on the road in New York. New Jersey, to be precise, and then yeah, the yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, the Chiefs lost last week, so uh, maybe this number isn't sort of getting the usual Chiefs bounce that you usually kind of see, but it does feel like a lot of points. I think I'm tempted to take the Cincinnati plus seven in this yeah. game. Like, I think people are overreacting to that loss to the Steelers Is the Chiefs are you risky because we could sub in, say, no, I think the Chiefs will beat the Bengals, I think they will win that game. It's rarity that you'll see them lose back to back games for the Kansas City Chiefs, so I like them to beat the Bengals. And yeah, Eagles against Cardinals, I think the Eagles will just run all over this Cardinals team. I think Swift could have a huge game. Yeah, oh, I'm glad you Massive said that. Game. I'm glad you said that. It's a perfect segue into our DraftKings team of the week. Now, remember, as I said at the top of the show, you can enter a team for free. You pick a team every week in Daily Fantasy, which is salary capped. If you haven't played already, just go get involved. Get in, We're going to be rolling all through the playoffs. It's going to be a big Super Bowl game as well. Our friends at DraftKings are telling us. So go get involved with it. Uh, you can you can play with the high rollers, the $5, the $5 contest. That's where Propo likes to hang. And of course, there are other contests on DraftKings as well, if that's, uh, if that's what makes you tick. But in terms of the Nat Coombe Show Listener League, Always free to enter contests every week. So you don't have to spend any money. Just have fun with it and you can win prizes, win uh, and win money. Anything we make, which is slim pickings, let's face it, but we always top it up through other means. We'll go to our show, Charity of Choice Shelter. And, uh, you know, we've had some wins this season. Hopefully we'll get into the money again this week. So I'm going, uh, let's start quarterback. I'm going to that. Uh, this could be really jinxing our acker as well, but I'm going to go with my handcuff in the team this week with the Chiefs. And I'm going Mahomes. Uh, again, because of value, really, you can get Mahomes at seven and a half this week, which is kind of crazy. Buying buying low on Mahomes. Uh, despite the defeat uh, to the Raiders last week, he still picked up um, a fair amount of total yardage, of course. Uh, and I think we'll probably see him doing the same again. One of the reasons we talked about the... Chiefs offensive line under so much duress against the Raiders was Donovan Smith was out the line, was banged up anyway. Keep an eye on his injury status. But how do you feel in that matchup all between with the, the Chiefs offensive line, which is struggling right now, and the amount of pressure that the Bengals might be able to get on through the line onto Mahomes? Yeah, I do like that. Obviously, Trey Hendrickson, I think, is one of the most underrated edge rushers in the league right now. In terms of interior pressure, we are struggling with our DJ Reader. I don't think realistically bringing pressure is necessarily the, the stre strength of this Bengals D. I mean, Luan Arumo is doing the best he can with a very, very weak uh, set of talent in terms of defensively. We're very much banged up. So I think that the Chiefs, this could be a get-right game for the Chiefs offensively, that is. But I expect the uh, the Chiefs' defense uh, from a run perspective has been really poor in recent weeks. So I think Mixon will be able to get stuff going on the ground, Chase Brown. And I think this matchup actually suits the Bengals a little bit. I'd probably be tempted by the over in this game. Mm, yeah, I might look at the over on that. Um, well, that's that bodes well, I think, for fantasy because I'm, uh, as I say, handcuffing him with Rice. Uh, Rice, one of my receivers. Um, running backs, well, you mentioned Swift. I've got him in the mix, and I'm delighted that you think he's in your prop bets. He's going to have a good game. He's getting... It's interesting with Swift. Um, he got in for a score in that win against the Giants for the first time since week 11. So kind of trending in, in the right direction uh, there. And it feels like... It, this is one of the things that Mike and I talked about. Let me ask you this question, Ol. Teams playing from behind and how certain teams struggle playing from behind. And he was talking about in particular, the 49ers, who rely so much on the play action. So mm -hmm. playing from behind, they've got to move away from the run, and that changes the dynamic in terms of the 49ers' offense. I think the Eagles are a team that are 
very much have that big, big play threat, big turnaround threat all across their offense. I, I, Mike wasn't, they weren't on his list. He mentioned the Bills. He talked a bit about the Chiefs, even though they're dysfunctional. I think the Eagles might be one of the, out of the contenders, one of the strongest uh, coming from behind. Yeah, I would have to, you'd have to say that when you've got receivers like Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, AJ Brown available to you, you're always going to be able to come from behind. Also, the thing with the Eagles is, and this is what they just keep proving week in, week out, is it's a lot easier for a team when you basically can, like you've basically got first and nine, you know? Mm. Like if they need to get a yard, they know they're going to get a yard it's every a lock, single yeah. time. Yeah, and it's a lock. And, and that makes such a huge difference for an offense to know that. Like if you're third and two, that you know you're realistically going to make it with ease because you'll be able to get at least one yard guaranteed. So I think that is a huge, a huge asset. I don't. I think people are writing off the Eagles a little bit too early. Mm. I think what we saw from the Eagles last season was just the obvious that like when the game script is going in their di- in their direction in their favor they're able to pull off the wins and able to blow out teams with ease but when it comes down to it they were they would always struggle in sort of those close games and that's what we inevitably saw in the Super Bowl them losing to the Kansas City Chiefs in a close game I think this season they've proven that they've got that win at all costs mentality and I think that is a massive asset especially going into a playoffs like the only team really talent wise you'd say is better than them is the 49ers right now um just in terms of defensive line, offensive line, they probably have the best in the NFL. It's just obviously their secondary and their linebackers. The linebackers are just so injured right now and their secondary is just decimated and has had a terrible season. So they've just got one glaringly huge weakness, but I think that could be over overcome by just how strong they are elsewhere. Okay, um, so I've gone with Swift and Jared Cook is uh, sorry, James Cook is the other um, Jared, James Cook is the other running back. Interestingly, with Cook, obviously, he's a, a breakout player this season. Red zone looks tend to get split with the Bills. Allen obviously sees quite a lot of them. Um, and they've they've mixed up playoff Lenny got uh, got some red zone looks as well. But I think that could swing back, probably will swing back if you if you if you believe in the rotation to cook uh this week against uh against the Patriots. And of course, he'll get a lot of the a lot of the load anyway. So uh spent a fair bit of money on him, but I like the matchup. Godwin I like um a lot. Because we think there are going to be points of plenty in that game, as it got it as propos uh, prop uh, uh, Drew Lock of the week in the Saints Bucks game, uh, and Baker to Godwin is just rolling right now. Then, well, then I've taken some gambles really because you got to at this stage, particularly when you spent a lot of money uh, elsewhere. So Kyle Pitts, I've gone in the flex because he's just so he's just so cheap, cheap, right? yeah, he's just so cheap, and you figure at some point Kyle Pitts is going to have to go off this season. I've got Hopkins uh, as well. It's an interesting matchup, the Houston game. He, uh, of course, it's the revenge game for him. And 62.6 yards a game, he's averaging six touchdowns as well. So considering you can get him for 6K, I think it represents a pretty good value in a Houston side that Tennessee, I believe, will be able to score on a fair bit. Gerald Everett is my tight end. And then this was the prototypical running out of money, aim high, proper. I've gone for the Patriots as my, de- as my defense. And I'm just hoping for some Belichick magic to have one of those low scoring, grindy out affairs that the bills just eek and, uh, and somehow I get some decent, decent, I mean, look, maybe, maybe, you know, with the Allen factor, there's a turnover, turnover potential here as well. So yeah, but it's basically because I ran out of money. So that is my team of the week. Are you confident in, in that, proper? Do you think? We'll I, get- am, I am relatively confident, as confident as you can be considering the form of uh, both you and Ben this season. Yeah. I think that's what, as confident as I can be. 
if you if you you've had some success this season, maybe we should get you to pick our team. We'll get you to pick our team next week. Okay, fine. I'll do the I'll do the team next week. One hundred percent. I would like. I would say that the one um, I'd be interested in um, would mm. be depending if Trent Williams is going to play. I would like to probably exploit the San Francisco 49ers going up against Washington. Ooh, I like okay. Swift, I'd probably go with Javante Williams as well for mm-hmm. Denver. Raheed Shahid, I think is just you know, and I always think of the guru when he always just says he's that boom or bust player. Mm. He's that player who's he's going to give you zeros and ones and two points week in week out but then he just has that one week where he gets sort of like 35 points and wins you wins you some money so i think Rahid shahid are definitely trying to look to find my way into lineups this week loving your work propo so that is the DraftKings league uh as we said in the show notes but also if you go on our social channels at the nc show x insta seven the crew will be putting links out to that so you can join us if you for whatever reason it's the link's not working just tap us up on social and we'll invite you to the league as well. And uh, you once you're in, you're in. You play each and every week. Uh, brilliant stuff. I think that's that's a bumper show proper. It's good to be back. Good to be back. Good to have you back, mate. Yeah, looking forward to it. I can't believe we're in week 16, though. That's the scary oh, part. Hey, don't worry. We're going to roll through the off-season, so don't worry. There's a lot of goodness to come. Um, enjoy New Year's Eve, mate. Uh, have a cracking one. I love your plan. I'm going to uh, message me throughout the day on New Year's Day. Yeah, that's I will do. Time. Every game I'm watching, yeah, I'll message you throughout. Be like, can't right. believe what's happened. I'll give you like a recap. It'll be funny. Love that. As all mentioned, I, Mike, and I are back on the second recording the morning of the second. So that will drop a little bit later on that day, depending on the severity of Propos Hangover. Um, and have a fantastic New Year's, gang. Everyone out there, whatever you're doing, whether you're having a big one, a quiet one, somewhere in between, enjoy it. 24 is a brand new year, full of promise, full of excitement. I cannot wait to get my team stuck into it. Uh, we will see you on the other side. We'll see you in 2024. Bye for now. Podcast Network.